Today's episode is brought to you by the experts at Olive Branch Bookkeeping. Are you feeling overwhelmed by your business finances? With their help, you'll be able to keep a pulse on your income and expenses and make informed decisions for the profitability of your business. Don't let finances hold you back any longer. Connect with Olive Branch Bookkeeping by visiting the link in the show notes and take charge of your financial future today. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Wealthy Entrepreneur Podcast. My co-host, Carrie Briner, and I are here, and we're going to be talking about the top mistakes entrepreneurs make that hold them back from growth. I was worried I was going to screw up that. <laughs> that was a long one. You could tell who made that title. That would be me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we're excited to talk to you guys about that. Really quickly, though, if you guys haven't already, go check out our Facebook group. Uh, it's called The Wealthy Entrepreneur, and it's a group full of uh, you know realtors, entrepreneurs, and business owners, and we wanted to build something that everybody could collaborate you know, listen to the show, discuss, you know, things or problems that they're having in their business. And really our focus is on building wealth, but it's, it's how building wealth isn't always about making money in your business. So, yeah, it's about having a good life too. <clears throat> and how do you do both? And that's a struggle that seemingly most business entrepreneurs have. Yeah. All right. So this is this year one. So I tell know. us. This is my long title. <clears throat> well, it was um, it, the impetus actually came from multiple recent coaching conversations. Honestly, so a lot of times when we talk about you know what are we to, what are we you and I going to talk about on Fridays when yeah. we do these calls, it's just like what's been going on in my world or what kind of conversations I've been having, and so it's very fundamental. But I think it's really important because it's interesting how many times it comes up and with all different types of entrepreneurs, all different levels of experience, success, how long they've been an entrepreneur, it almost doesn't matter. <clears throat> and rather, it's more just about getting clear on like, what is our real job description as an entrepreneur and business owner? What really has to be our priorities? It's got to be making flashy graphics on Canva. <laughs> That's right. It's and, not that. And deleting emails. <clears throat> and deleting emails. And, you know, scrolling through Facebook to, you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> it's all the things that we think we have to do in the next shiny object, which I know we're going to talk about. And, you know, you'll hear from us on a different episode on that. But it's just, you know, it's so obvious that it's just not obvious. I, I don't know how else to explain it. And so I thought, well, this might be a good episode. It's pretty tactical and it's uh, kind of hard hitting here, but it's um, a good reminder for most people, including myself, by the way, uh, because I've been an entrepreneur now for 23 years. And I know there's been lots of ebbs and flows of me getting off track oh, and yeah. like realizing what in the heck I'm actually supposed to be doing and what I'm focusing on. And um, luckily, I speak to a lot of people about this. So it's reminding me on a regular basis what I need to focus on. So um I think when you get clear on what you need to do to be successful, then it's pretty clear what you shouldn't be doing. So I'm going to focus more on what you should be doing. The top mistakes entrepreneurs make is that they don't do these things consistently. These things are not on their schedule every single week. Mm -hmm. um, instead, it's all the other things that they really shouldn't be doing that make them feel busy but not productive and that make them feel like they're growing their business that actually is not. Um, and all of a sudden we go by, um, you know, 90 days and we're like, what the heck did we do for the last 90 days? And unfortunately, as a business professional and entrepreneur in many industries, what you just did the last 90 days is going to feed your family for the future 90 days or maybe 120 days. And so it's real problematic if you're not looking at this on a consistent basis. Well, especially in the real estate industry. Yeah, because real estate, things move mortgage. Slower you know, if you own a franchise of a insurance. Yeah. Right. I mean, the reality is your pipeline today really isn't turning over into a lot of wealth or income for you immediately. Um, usually there's a cost of even getting people set up in your system and the staff and all that before you start actually making a profit, you know, could be 30, 60, 90, but you're right in real estate. Definitely we're 90 yeah. days behind. 
minimally. Um, and in some of these markets, you know, it's taken us 90 days just to find somebody a property after they write six offers, you know, or whatever. So all these things to be said, it takes us off our focus. And it, it, simple is better in terms of what is it I have to do every single week? What is my real job description? Not the things that I think I should be doing, not the things that the clients tell me I should be doing, but really what should I be doing in order to be successful, to maintain a pipeline, to maintain um, you know, uh, a, a business that is going to be, quite frankly, predictable and consistent. And that's what every entrepreneur needs and most don't actually feel like they have. So number one is very obvious and probably so obvious that it's not. You do not have an insurance company. You do not have a real estate business. You do not have a mortgage business. You don't have a financial services business or a staging business or anything else that you have unless you have clients to provide the service or product to. Yeah. So your first job isn't selling real estate or you know, selling insurance or uh, selling services or a product. Your first job is actually going to find people that need what you have, and that would be lead generation. And, and I mean active lead generation, not passive marketing, which is what most entrepreneurs spend a lot of time on, and they say it's lead generation, and it's actually not. So this would be one of the biggest mistakes, which is, oh, yeah, I lead generate every day. I post on social media, or you know, I do my video content. Now, that is not to say you cannot get leads from that, right? but that's a very passive approach. And so if you want to have predictable and consistent income, you need to go force yourself to have actual active conversations with human beings that are going to lead to something. And that is when you actually, as an entrepreneur, have control in your business. So I think real estate agents are, we're we're hammered into understanding lead generation, Mm -hmm. right? At least depending on the companies you've come from or worked at. Um, I think there's a lot of businesses that understand they need to acquire clients, Mm -hmm. but don't really know like tactics to lead generate Mm -hmm. most businesses um you know let's just take like a contractor for example Mm -hmm. if you're a contractor you're going to heavily most people rely on word of mouth yeah or they'll decide oh i'm going to run an ad i'm going to put something online but they don't know how to take their business and actively go after and pursue leads Mm -hmm. so you know it changes across the board for everybody but what you're saying is you can do either, but the one that's going to give you more of a return is going to be the one where you're actually forcing yourself mm-hmm. to go out there and meet Yeah, people. and it's only one that creates uh, predictability and consistency in your business for sure. Because the passive can work, but it's not predictable and it's not consistent. I will, not to interrupt, but I will say I've seen some people who have grown massive, massive businesses off of their content strategies. Mm-hmm. So it could over be... Over time, yeah. Over time. So it could be something where you're actively lead generating, mm-hmm. but you're also doing your passive marketing every day. Yes, so two very separate things. Or weekly. Yes. Uh, two separate things and do both. Like yeah. I don't think it's one or the other, but don't think that your passive is going to immediately replace your active because it yeah. can't. Um, and that's like the biggest mistake is they see people who have built their entire business on their content on social media and they're like, well, that's how I'm going to build my business. Well, because it happened for them overnight. <laughs> well, right. They did like two videos and they got 100 leads. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's somebody that had has done that for five years consistently. And while they were doing that, they were also belly to belly with clients and they were also having actual conversations. And they've built this to a point where now they've earned the right to have more consistency and predictability from that. And still they have to show up and do it every day in order to maintain that. But the reality is, is that if you're struggling right now as a business owner, having consistent and predictable income, then 
this is what you need to do. You need to become yeah. more consistent and predictable in your lead generation and in your active lead generation, not your passive. So what does your calendar look like? This I'm going to just throw the actionable items in kind of as we go. So the number one actionable item would be what are your lead generation um, strategies for you, whatever industry you're in? What has worked? What has gotten you business in the past? Why don't you do more of it? How can you level that up? Um, and I'm a firm believer of like the three-legged stool analogy because I believe that, you know, some people are really good at one thing and they should focus a tremendous amount of time on that if they're good at it. And yet you don't ever want to have all your eggs in one basket because that strategy could be disrupted by AI, for an example. You know, something could yeah. happen that all of a sudden all your eggs in this one basket is really disrupted by and then you have a huge problem. And so to be in balance, like, you know, if you only have two legs of a three-legged stool, not going to work too well, certainly not if you have one, but if you have three, it's more stable. And three is a good number because as an entrepreneur, you can time manage and focus on three legs of your business pretty sustainably yeah. without being overwhelmed. When you get past three, you're not going to do any of it consistently and it's going to be a train wreck and you're never going to get anything out of any of them. Unless you develop the systems. Yeah. Developing systems that make it repeatable or maybe, you know, time blocking. Or so leveraging that, it. Or, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I would say for an example on that, when you talked about the three-legged stool and having some people only having one source, a great example of that could be people who have de built these online social media businesses, right, that are solely off of Facebook. And there mm -hmm. are a lot more than most people realize. Well, what happens when social media goes down for a day? Yep. And it's happened. And people yeah. freak out. What happens if the platform went away completely? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and it can happen in any leg of your business. And so, yeah, you're just mitigating your risk and you're diversifying enough that if something were to drop off, the other thing would take, take over. over. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about this. Somebody actually did tell me that about what happens if social media goes down. All of my sphere and contacts are in there and I have no other way to communicate with them because I've never actually gotten their information in a database. Like that's scary because yeah. you are leaving the future of your business and income and your family's future in the hands of something that you have absolutely no control over. So um, yeah, good point. So diversify your lead generation. Really look at where you've been successful and figure out how you can plus that out versus always looking for the next shiny object. You know, if two is your number, two is your number. I think three is better. Most people aren't so highly systematized that they can do more than three if I'm generalizing, yeah. including myself. And so, you know, find out what those things are. And if you're not sure what they are, go look for somebody who's successful in your industry and look for some of those mentors and people who have gone before you. Maybe they're not in your geographical area, so they're not absolutely 100% a competitor of yours. And, and ask for opinions. There are so many ways that we can get in touch with people through social media and, quite frankly... YouTube. <laughs> um, yeah. And we can learn from so many people. So there's really shouldn't be an excuse of, I don't know what to do. It's a matter of who has gone before me and has what I want and what are they doing and how can I implement that? And that has to be on your calendar every single day. The second one though is lead follow-up, which is the number one thing that entrepreneurs struggle with in their business the most, which is interesting because also it's about 85% of their conversions. Yeah. Um, the money's in the follow-up. The money is in the follow-up. And um, if you really said, well, I mean, I'm really pretty good at lead conversion and I'm, you know, selling 50 homes or I'm whatever, I've got, you know, multiple contracts going and I don't follow up, if you realized that you were losing probably 85% of your opportunities and you did the math, you'd be able to equate that to quite a bit of money and it might motivate you a little bit differently. What happens is if people are good at converting initially, yeah. then they don't find the value in the follow-up because they're comfortable with what they're making right. from the lead gen. But if they actually realized how much money they're losing 
and what they could do with that and how much wealth that could build, even if they had somebody else taking on that, you know, that business, it could be life changing. And when we talk about wealthy entrepreneur, when we're only converting the people that we're talking to and we're just letting all the other people kind of go by the wayside and we're not taking advantage of that to the fullest extent, we're actually also limiting our ability to have more freedom because we have less of a pipeline. The mm. bigger the pipeline, the better for everybody because you could actually choose who you want to work with, give those opportunities to somebody else when you don't want to work with them, make money when you're not working and actually have a better quality of life and build wealth. So it's just interesting because a lot of people will say, well, I don't follow up that well because I do pretty good without following up. That's great that you're doing pretty good, but yeah. what if you could be doing great? I think I struggle with this uh, from time to time, but especially in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, it's usually when I'm not being consistent, but the beginning of my business, I was so obsessed with having to go talk to everybody mm-hmm. because I was uh, trying to make sure that I was like lead generating, right? But I didn't understand some of the concepts of the follow-up. So I got overly um, overly focused on talking to new people okay, and then sometimes would not go back and check in with the people previously. Mm-hmm. And it gets ingrained into some environments, right, where you're you're always talking about lead generation, but they don't really focus on teaching you lead follow-up. Yeah. And so, you know, you think you're doing something wrong if you're not talking to 15, 20, new 30 new mm-hmm. people a day. And it's like, okay, what if I was talking to 10 new people mm-hmm. a day, but I was following up with 20 people a day? You'd probably have more results. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think, and that's where I got overly focused on the new people mm-hmm. and I should have been focused on. Very common. And you're right. That's because that's what we hear as entrepreneurs, lead gen, lead gen, lead gen, like yeah. in most industries. Right. But we don't always hear lead follow-up. Um, and honestly, that's the easier part. Well, and some people, I think myself in particular, sometimes uh, you feel like you're bothering people. You don't want to mm-hmm. be following up. So you you just don't do it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a a fine line. It is. And it's a big deal. Um, I always tell people, if you don't know what to say, and you feel like you're bothering people, you probably are. So you got to figure out what to say to bring value. And so one of the the coaching moments is, well, what value can you bring to people when you follow up with them? Because here's the deal, follow up is all about timing, but Mm -hmm. you can't be on time. Oh, I just happened to, you know, reach out to you and it's perfect timing. It can't be perfect timing if you don't do it enough. You have to do it enough for it to coincidentally come up to perfect timing. So our mind will tell us that we're bothering people and we're talking to them too much, but our mind is actually portraying that because we're the one doing it. When someone's receiving it, and if we're following up an email, phone, text, Facebook message, whatever, we're doing it in a variety of ways, which I highly recommend. Yeah. People are not actually receiving your follow-up the same way that it feels when you're providing it. In other words, they might glance at a text message and not think twice about it ever again because right. they were busy and they were in the middle of something. So that follow-up wasn't bothering them. And quite frankly, it almost kind of went one ear, you know, went in and went out. That phone, that voicemail, they probably thought, oh, that was cool. Checking in with me. Don't need anything. I'm just going to delete it and not think about it anymore. It didn't disrupt their life and they weren't offended by it. So 90% of the time, that is our limiting belief and that's our mind telling us something that's not true. And you do have to push the line and you do have to follow up more than you're comfortable with, but you have to remember how they're receiving it is not the way you're feeling about it. That's just the truth. Um, and you can't be on time and the right time if you don't reach out enough. So lead follow-up is huge. It's the number one thing that entrepreneurs struggle with. Number one tactical thing on lead follow-up is if you feel like you're bothering people, you probably are. What do you need to do differently so you don't feel like you're bothering them? What piece of value can you provide to them? How can you think about different ways that you can follow up with them that isn't as 
bothersome as a phone call. There's all the different things that you can do to make yourself get to that place where you feel more comfortable with following up. And then you need a system because if you don't have a CRM, which by the way, it's crazy. It's like in our industry, like 70% of realtors don't use a CRM, which is so insane. I don't know how that's even possible. The majority don't. It's just insanity because if you think about this, any other sales industry, if you are an employee of a sales in any sales industry, you are required to work in customer service. You know yep. all of these. You are required to work in a CRM. You're fired if you don't work in it and you make don't make notes and you don't follow up. Right. And yet we think that we can run a robust business without one. So um, if you don't have one, reach out to Andy and I. We can give you suggestions. Um, that is really really important, and it, that's the two kind of tactics. Number three is going on appointments. I mean, obviously. I just wanted to let you guys know, though, is that you have to know how many per day or per week or per month, however you're breaking down your goals, that you need to ensure that your business is a a success financially for you and those around you. And then, of course, um, once you're there, you have to improve the appointments for higher conversions. But I just want to talk about going on appointments because the thing is most people don't know how many they need and they don't have them pre-scheduled in their calendars. How do you know what you need to do every single week in order to have success in your business if this stuff isn't outlined? Like, how do you know what to do if you don't know where you're going? So for me, I know how many appointments I have to have on my calendar. And I actually pre-schedule them. And then I fill in the names of people as I set them. Really? I do. Because if I don't do that... So like, if you were a real estate agent, and you... Are you like predicting, hey, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a listing appointment tomorrow. I'm predicting I'm going to have a buyer or a listing appointment. Okay. And I'm predicting I'm going to have so many in a week. Okay. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to time block for it and say, I'm have a, I'm going to do two morning slots. Um, I have, I want to need four appointments. I'm going to have two morning slots or I'm going to have three slots during the week and one on the weekend. And I'm going to have a couple afternoons. You can kind of know what your cadence of appointments are. Like most of the time when I go on appointments, it seems to be in the afternoons or evenings or a few are in the morning. And so what I've done is I've actually, and I, and I set appointments with people all over the country. So I'll do two in the morning. Um, I'll do four in the afternoon. I'll schedule one for a weekend day. And I literally have them color coded. Like I have to fill these. These are the minimum. If I can do more, more power to me. But I need to do this many. Now, there are those instances where... I didn't fill a slot, but I somebody else needed a different time slot. So that's okay. I'll just move that over there. But the point being is you need to have visuals and you do need to... Yeah, and you need to assume I'm going to get X amount of appointments. I think if you're... I mean, I live out of my calendar. So it's literally one of the... It comes up as one of the first screens on my computer every day on my phone. So I'm constantly just, okay, what do I have coming up next? Mm -hmm. Um, So I could see that's beneficial. I've never tried that method, Mm -hmm. but it might be... You're, this is interesting about the mind. The mind mm-hmm. is a very strong thing, and it will absolutely go help you find what you're seeking. So if you are looking at your calendar often and you're seeing all these appointments, it's kind of almost magical how you start filling those appointments. Right. Because you're just subconsciously looking for them and doing the activities that are going to fill those without even really thinking. appointments are the thinking. ones that are going to push the needle forward. That's it. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have appointments, how do you ever get a client? And then you can work on your conversion from there. So that's the tactical thing I would like you to do. Even just start small and just start saying, okay, what if I pre-schedule two appointments a week or one appointment a week and just see what you start to do differently and what your mind helps you to find to fill that appointment. It's really quite fascinating. Yeah. Um, the fourth one is that you have to rethink about your customer service and your outreach during the sales process and after the sales process. And I think that, you know, 
people are so inundated with all of our competitors out on social media, and there's just so many options in pretty much every industry now, yeah. that you have to come from a place of value-driven service, value-driven outreach, value-driven content, value-driven and authentic information. And I, that's one thing that I would really just hone in is some thinking time, like schedule in some thinking time every single week or at least every couple of weeks where, because we never do this. We never actually put in our calendar thinking time as an entrepreneur, but we better because how do we come up with the content or the customer service or exceeding expectations or cool ideas to really ensure that we keep our clients? We work so hard to get them Mm -hmm. and we work hard during the process. And then it's like, now what? Right, And sometimes we fall short and it's just the basic things. We don't want to be sending the same messages that every other insurance company sends to clients or every, you know, realtor sends. We've got to be our own authentic self and we have to come from value. And so what does that look like for you? It's different for everybody. And this has changed a lot over the years because of social media and content and content creators, I think. And maybe it'll even change more with AI. And so you have to be really clear on what you can do in your community and in your database, your sphere of influence, your current and past clients, so that you can actually continue to build the foundation of your business because that is the foundation of your business. And so I would encourage you as an action item to get really clear on how you personally as a company or a person can bring more value. And I I say during the sale too, how can you exceed expectations and then post-sale? And then, um, you know, what is that thinking time that you have in your calendar to make it happen? The last one was just growing yourself and becoming a thought leader. And, you know, I believe that is a job description of every entrepreneur. And yet we all have excuses of why we don't have time to do that. And we've talked about this generally on a lot of different episodes, and that's part of being a wealthy entrepreneur. But I wanted to just bring up the comment of being a thought leader. Because if you own a company of any sort, Mm -hmm. you don't have to talk about your product or your service 24-7. Right. You have to talk about things that are going on in the world, how you're leveling yourself up, mindset, physical fitness, things that are authentic to you that make other people take notice that you are someone that is growing and growth-minded and doing cool things because that's actually what's going to attract not only employees or partners to you, but also consumers more than you know. I mean, I know some fascinating you know, owners of different franchises, and I watch them and their whole personal journey of like going on these really crazy, um, you know, trail runs and all these things and like how they're living their life. They do entire like YouTube channels on this and their business just blows up. And a lot of times it doesn't have anything to do with their business. No. Yeah. There's a, there's a misconception that we have to focus all of our efforts into the thing which is where I think mm-hmm. it goes back to one of our previous episodes where we over-identify with our role. Yeah. Where you get so caught up in like, I'm a realtor, so I have to do everything I talk about has got to be about mm-hmm. real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, though, because I have I actually was listening to a YouTube video or watching a YouTube video the other day, and I somebody kind of came up with a similar concept, was like he had all of these thoughts and things that he was, you know, wanting to discuss it was really for his content platforms that he would make videos on and he would have google spread google docs of like lists of stuff well it resonated with me because that's exactly what i do (laughs) and you've seen it Mm because we do this podcast and we have notes and we got all these documents in the back end but he what he did is he started a twitter account and he literally just started taking his ideas and putting them out there and for the world to see 
And then from there, people would he would know whether they would resonate with people or whether they, whether they wouldn't. He would take those ideas and then make videos on them. So I implemented that recently. I'd never had a Twitter for, I mean, it's been around no. 16 years and I just started one and I'm starting to do the same thing. But it's like, you know, on our previous episode, we discussed AI. And so like, mm-hmm. that's been a big topic for mm-hmm. me. And so I'll start posting more about what I think about it. That we'll is see. interesting. Yeah, I mean... It- it's going to bring you like-minded people. Yeah, that's all it's going to do, yeah. and that's who can buy your service or your product. If you think about it, I think that you know um, it's just being that person in life to people and be willing to kind of share who you are. I mean, I've had people who have owned a franchise. Let's just call it a um, State Farm franchise. It wasn't, but I'm just saying for an example, they literally became a thought leader on just. Um, their spiritual growth and this whole journey. And they started sharing it, Mm -hmm. their whole database. And they had so many people just engaging in these conversations with them and sending them referrals. And it had, I mean, there couldn't be two polar opposites of the service they provide and, you know, what this person was doing. But he started to be seen amongst his sphere and his past clients and current clientele as a thought leader, somebody who was leveling up and willing to share and helping them grow in an area of their life that they were excited about and that's all it took for them to want to work with him you know what it is though too people get so bombarded and so sick of the it's like the uh 24-hour infomercials right like some people use their social media and i did it in the early Mm -hmm. on in the past it's like constantly like realtors do it i always pick on realtors because i know (laughs) i'm around everybody who's in real estate but it's like constantly posting like oh are you ready to buy today are you ready to sell your home today are you ready to do this People get tired of that. Mm-hmm. You don't resonate with people or connect with people that way. But when you talk about things that are important to you or things that you're thinking about, yeah, you are a real person, which actually is easier for people to connect with. Yeah. Well, and if you help people have a better quality of life, by the way, they'll yeah. work with you in business. Yeah. And so I think that we have to stop thinking that it's all about the business services we provide. And it's also about how do we elevate our own life? And then we inspire people to do the same thing. Um, because if we can do that, they'll buy almost anything from us. And and that's an interesting concept, which you can talk about later, which is how do we impact people that work for us? Mm -hmm. It's not about actually always helping them be more successful in business. It's actually about benefiting their quality of life. And when they do, they'll never leave you and you'll actually get more productivity out of them. But it's the same concept when you think of it as an entrepreneur to your clients. Right. All right. So we already gave all the tactics in the basis of this because this is a really tactical episode. So hopefully you took a few things away, even if you could do one thing that we talked about today. And just if it was a good reminder of what it is you should be focusing on. By the way, if you have a lot of things in your calendar that are not these five things, you should figure out how to eliminate them or delegate them as fast as possible. Or if you need the tools to learn how to put this stuff together, we've got a lot of that. So I mean, reach out to us, especially, I mean, if you're in real estate, but even if you're not. um, A lot of them are the same tools. Yeah, a lot of them are, and we could modify some of that or at least help you get a game plan on what you want to do. Yes. So, awesome. Uh, and then just a quick reminder, go check out our Facebook group. Make sure you go there, engage, let us know what you're thinking about these episodes, and then subscribe to our show. Awesome. Thanks, guys. See ya. See ya.